So here lately I've been wondering about how many times that I have felt offended just in the last two years alone. As I reflect on these past two years of pandemic, of shutdown, of isolation, of all that has happened to us and among us, I think I've found myself being offended more than I have in the rest of my life put together. Maybe you feel the same way. As we enter into isolation, deeper into the depths of our own ideas and our own thoughts, our own households, a lot of us took to the streets of social media. We enveloped our lives around the thoughts of others about news stories or um, Twitter or you know Facebook or TikTok or all these places, sources of information where people are expressing what they're going through and this sense of solidarity happened in those spaces. But yet in the midst of those spaces became this cycle of being offended by one another. And this offense often leads to rage. Because how many times do we feel that offense when we know that within us, our heart begins to race a little bit faster and we begin to come, become sweaty and we sense that we are angry because someone has said something that they shouldn't. You know, the scripture text for today reminds us that this feeling of offense is nothing new. It may have felt more intense here as of late, but it's definitely something that the people in the Bible had to deal with. You know, in the story, Jesus is, is um, going back to his hometown. We uh, pick up in the story of Luke right after Jesus was tempted in the, in the wilderness, and he heads to Nazareth, heads back home. And he does what he often does on the Sabbath day, every single Sabbath day, enters into the temple and sits down with all of those that are gathered, reads from the scrolls of the scripture, and then has conversation and teaching as a response. So this is what Jesus does. And so he goes and he opens up the scroll to Isaiah 61 and reads a portion of these words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to, those to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion and give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. And then it goes on and on. In our Bible, at least in my version, it's entitled The Good News of Deliverance. But yet on this day, he's going to give a, a big teaching moment. He's going to proclaim that he is the Messiah. He is the prophet. And the people are excited because they think, who is this guy? Oh yeah, that's Joseph's son. And they immediately want to claim him for who he is. Yet Jesus's message is not one that is easy for them to swallow. So much so that they become offended by his words. And this offense leads them to murderous rage they gather around him and want to take him and physically 
harm him and get dispose of him by throwing him off of a cliff. You know, it makes me wonder what Jesus was thinking in, the, in this moment. If he had expected that preaching to his hometown or teaching amongst the people who raised him would have led to such an act of violence. You know, I bet these hometown folks were expecting something completely different. I bet they were expecting that because they have raised Jesus, because he is their own, that this message of hope, of deliverance, would be for them first. I'm sure they expected um, some sort of privilege that Jesus would come and he would do all these amazing things that he had already shown that he could do, healing the people, making sure that people were um, taken care of, taking care of the widows and those in need. Because shouldn't he want to come back and take care of his own first? That's what they were expecting. But you know, what he preaches is not that. Because he's already been to Capernaum, a place that was known to be full of Gentiles and has done all these miraculous works and has been preaching and they've acknowledged his authority. And so now he references passages in the scripture about Elisha and Elijah, these great prophets of old. These little sections of scripture that probably were not the favorites of the people. You know, finding our bearings in this book, um, we've been reading it together, and um, James Harnish has some interesting insights, and he says, um, he had the audacity to say that the way of God sent Elijah to Sidon, and the, way of, and the way God used Elisha to heal a Syrian was the same way the Spirit of the Lord was sending him beyond the boundaries of their narrow cultural identity with good news for the poor, release for the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, liberation for the oppressed, and to announce the Lord's all-inclusive love for the, people, for the people the folks in Nazareth assumed were shut out of God's concern. So this expansion of the gospel message beyond not only their small community, but the Jewish community as a whole extended to everyone? That's what sent them over the edge. How dare he say those words? You know, it makes me wonder what happens when to us when Jesus offends us. I don't know if you've ever encountered that as you've read the Bible or as you've studied the scriptures or as you've listened to others um, try to make sense of the gospel message together. Have you ever been offended when the word has been proclaimed? Have you ever been offended by a teacher who was trying to extrapolate upon the meaning of the word of God? I have. So it makes me wonder, what do we do in the wake of that? When we are searching for our very selves, when we are seeking to find our bearings, when we feel lost and need to find our center, sometimes in that vulnerable state, we become offended by words that we hear. 
But the more I think about it and the more I think about the times that I felt offended, at least in the past couple of years, those have been the moments that have really drawn me closer to God. Those have been the moments of self-examination that really is uh, the pinnacle of the season of Lent for me. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I so upset? Why am I losing control of my emotions because of what is being said to, to me or around me or in the general direction of me? And I've come to see that there's wisdom to be found there in that processing. But yet if we find ourselves immediately going towards rage and immediately find ourselves wanting to get rid of the source or leave the source behind, then are we doing the work that the Holy Spirit is stirring within us? You know, Peter Gomes, um, who's now deceased, was the minister of Memorial Church at Harvard University, and he wrote these words. It's very difficult to preach the gospel of Jesus as Jesus did without giving offense. And the world has been filled with people perfectly capable of being offended. Later he says, the people take offense not so much with what Jesus claims about himself as with the claims that he makes about God, a God who is more than their own tribal deity. You know, that makes me wonder, what is it about the gospel that we expect to be all tight in a beautiful little package um, full of flowers and rainbows and happiness? True, there are great messages of hope and restoration and love and unconditional grace that is beyond what we deserve. All of those are messages of the gospel, but sometimes there's a little edge to it. You know, I want to end with this, um, this little bit about um, out of the Finding Your Bearings book from Harness. She says, and it's an equally disturbing story for every follower of Jesus. When we listen deeply to his words, their meaning will inevitably (laughs) cut so deep within our lives that our instinctive tendency for self-protection will lead us to reject them. There are, of course, parts of the scripture that comfort the afflicted, but the prophetic words of the Old Testament that become flesh in Jesus are just as clearly intended to afflict our comfortable, cozy complacency as they uncover evil, sin, selfishness, and injustice within and around us. It is possible to read the Bible in ways that protect us from the sharp scalpel of God's healing word. So as I read the story of Jesus today, it it leaves me with a lot of questions. Where is it in my life that I sense that I am entitled to something that God offers? Where is it in my life that I feel offended because the playing field is being leveled or people are attempting to level the playing field for all people? You know, when we say all people, 
that becomes a little complicated, doesn't it? Because there are plenty of people that we would not want to be included. And this is the crux of the problem with people in Nazareth and Jesus. But as we live in this tension, we see the example of Jesus living through this. No doubt he was offended by the people in the synagogue that day who became so angry that they rushed him out in the middle of worship. And his offense and the way that he dealt with that emotion was not by trying to engage them and ending in a shouting match, but by simply walking through the crowd and heading on with his ministry to encounter the people who are in need of healing and to continue to live into who God has created him to be. And so that's our charge as God's people when we find ourselves offended to dig deep and dive and wonder and to consider where God is recreating us anew and walk out the other side without hostility and in peace. 